0: All right. So uh, first of all, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Will Driscoll from the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. I'm the executive director here. Uh, coming to you this morning from my office uh, here in Town Center of Virginia Beach. Uh, there's, don't worry, there's plenty of appropriate social distancing. I'm the only person here in the office, and we're really trying to do our part to keep everything that way. Um, but before I introduce the other person you see on your video screen right now, I kind of want to give you a, a little bit of background as to what we're doing here. Uh, Last summer, we rolled out our Hall Call podcast, and the podcast has been a a great content platform for us. It's really been highlighting our inductees, but also topical figures and issues in Virginia sports. Uh, We did it in partnership with ESPN Radio, 94.1 here locally. But due to the current crisis and the outbreak, uh, the the studio is restricted, and rightfully so. It should be. Um, So what we looked at was, you know, we have these 19 episodes of Hall Call, but we want to keep this content stream going. So that's what you see here. And actually, you know, this is this is live, and I'll tell you right now. I just got a, a meeting notification that popped up, so to give you an idea that it is live. <laughs> again, with everything going on, we wanted to keep that content stream going, and so today, in keeping with the mission of Hall Call, uh, we're joined by a, a pretty interesting figure, at least in my mind, in Virginia sports. Uh, Brandon Elliott, the two-time national championship coach for Virginia Wesleyan softball. Uh, he's also a pretty good follow on social media, so you can find him on Twitter at Elliot Says What uh, Coach. Thanks for joining us today. I know this is a very tricky time, particularly leading a Division Three program here in Virginia.
1: Absolutely. And I appreciate you guys having me, uh, Virginia born and
0: raised. So anything I can do uh, across the state is huge for us. We'd love to hear that. You know, a couple things. As I mentioned, this is on Facebook Live. So anybody watching, if you have a question for Coach, uh, please feel free to ask. We'll try to get that up. Uh, and also, this video will be available on our Facebook page at VA Sports HOF. Uh, following uh, this interview. So once we're done, you'll be able to access it that way too. But I guess coach, first things first, obviously the decision came down you guys just started your season a few weeks in, what was your initial reaction and where did you, how did you find out about the decision to cancel spring sports?
1: Well, to be honest with you, it was a kind of interesting week for us. Um, We had decided uh, about uh, eight months ago that we were going to try to go crazy with this, uh, this senior class that we had, and we're going to make a crazy, crazy trip. And so we, as, and I say, we families, players, uh, coaching staff, administration, decided we're going to take a spring break trip this year to Hawaii. Um, And you can imagine the, uh, the expenses involved with that. And, extensive amount of fundraising on top of what we already do. And uh, so that Monday, uh, the decision from the NCAA came down, I believe, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, that Monday, um, our administration at Virginia Wesleyan um, you know, emergency response team uh, contacted me uh, that afternoon. And it was an off day for us and told us that you know, we needed to cancel our, our spring break trip to Hawaii. Uh, And so I had to deliver the news. I did it in person that evening with the team meeting on Monday. And uh, at that moment, I thought, uh, I told the girls, I feel like the Grinch. Um, It was the right decision, certainly. Uh, Certainly now it looks like definitely the right decision, right? But at that time, that was when things were really starting to kind of begin to move. Um, So I felt like the Grinch on Monday. And then you just can't keep the kids away from social media. I mean, that's what they live and go by. And so the reports of conferences canceling I believe the Ivy league. And then you start seeing some division one conferences scheduled. So it was kind of on everybody's hearts and minds. And, um, we, we practiced, I gave them a couple of days off and then we practiced, uh, actually practiced on that Thursday. Uh, and, um, you know, we just did actually let them play slow pitch. We just kind of hung out cause, uh, I mean, nobody was focused and we were in limbo. We didn't have a game for, I think 16 days at that point. Um, and then, uh, at the end of practice, some girls saw it on their cell phone and, and had some questions and, You know, well, for us, I mean, that wasn't at that point, wasn't the end of the season. We still had the conference, uh, potential conference season to play and see what our conference and our university was going to do. But, you know, for us, and I mean, the the folks that are in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, they know, I mean, for us is to try to compete and and win a national championship and compete at a high level. So to know that the championships were over, um, we had that conversation um, there uh, and in the dugout and together, and it was certainly emotional. Still had a little bit of hope of the season, but um, you know, fortunately, we were able to be together. But uh, certainly, the most difficult conversation I've I've ever had to have with uh, with a group of people
0: you care care genuinely a lot about. Well, you know, you and you mentioned the championships. I mean, that's not something that is uh, that that's unique to you guys. You guys have had a an unprecedented run of success in the twelve years. I guess you're, this would be your thirteenth season as coach, right? Right. So eight NCA appearances, seven consecutive, seven ODAC championships. I mentioned the the two time, the two t- the two national champions t- championships, uh, and th- I'm assuming this group was probably on that trajectory as well. I mean, talk about the I guess the disappointment, or just like the what could have been that goes into to these decisions and those conversations that you had to have with your student athletes. Yeah, I mean,
1: I just got chills thinking about it. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right at that moment, we thought it was one of the most difficult things in our life. But what we're dealing with globally right now, you know, I, I keep trying to tell our kids, you know, there's a billion people out there that, doesn't, that don't know what Virginia West Saint or, or Division three softball is. So uh, in the grand but they know what coronavirus is right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to keep it in perspective a little bit. But in that moment, I mean, you certainly think are the what ifs. And, um, you know, I, I could do this thing for another 20 years, 25 years. And I hope that I have the opportunity to do that. And we may never have the opportunity to compete for a conference championship, much less a national championship. So when you know you're in the midst of um, a great year and I know how difficult it is, and and maybe it wouldn't have ended on a national run, but I I hope it would have. But where we were, how we were playing, the group of women that we have, um, we certainly felt like we were in the mix to make another big run, Um, especially with that senior class that had won it twice already. Uh, So that, you know, that makes it, you know, I asked the girls, I said, if we weren't any good, would it? be easier to have this decision like if we were terrible um, <laughs> one of the the coolest thing that came out of that um, was one of our kids said coach it doesn't matter how good we are that makes us hard it matters how much we care about each other and I, I think that was like the the big piece for me It was they weren't as concerned about the season being over as they were with knowing that they probably weren't going to be together um, you know and that's what culture is all about in sports right
0: well you you talk about that culture and You know, we did an exhibit with you guys uh, about a year ago where we highlighted one of your national championship teams. And the one thing I remember that really stuck out to me when we kind of did that little reception of where the exhibit was in Town Center is the camaraderie of that team. And and just you mentioned culture. I think looking from outside that the camaraderie that you've been able to kind of foster uh, in your program is second to none. How has that helped everybody get through this process?
1: Yeah, you know, certainly it's, it's funny you mentioned that, because after that, you know, going into the season last year, you know, we were 42 and six, we had a phenomenal year last year, um, you know, made another run at a national championship and, you know, fell short in the regionals. Um, but the, the thing that a lot of people don't know is on the inside there, we were, we were bubbling, uh, we were really struggling uh, culture wise and um based compared to where it had been in the past and um you know a lot of reasons i mean we'd gotten a new facility which was great but we didn't have a, we didn't have anywhere to practice in the fall so we were trying to piecing things together we weren't in a rhythm the facility was being built while we were practicing we had nine freshmen from five different states you know i'm sure as a head coach i didn't handle things great all the time either so you know last year was a struggle mentally with with that group um, And, you know, what happened was we had some conversations uh, this summer. Um, I actually had phone calls with every returning player and I put myself on mute, which is difficult, Um, but I just let them have at it, you know, what's working, what's not working, what do we need to change culturally? What do we need to do? Um, And the things that came out of those conversation um, with those women were, you know, sometimes they were tough to hear, um, you know, because some of it was on me, but some of it was on them and and just some things we needed to do. And we changed a lot of things. And I say we. The women approached things differently. The coaches did practice did uh, in the culture. Uh, our word this year was revive, um, And that was just bring new energy or new life into. And that's what this group of women did. Uh, and culturally this year, um, you know, I would say would rival that 17 and 18 team. Um, those two teams were just so close and so much love, you know, our hashtag is OutLove, and this group did it again. Um, and, you know you said you know how am I doing that with the culture uh, I just think I'm a small piece of it to be honest with you um, the years that our culture and our team have come so close together maybe we put a challenge out we have a, a leadership coach his name is Bob groves um, he is phenomenal he comes in every now and then and, and he'll even tell you the reception that he gets from the women and the things that they do together um, instead of me mandating it or leading it it's like I'm a part of it um, and I and I'm, I'm lucky they let me be a part of it but and I genuinely say that the, the women build the culture and um, it, it that's, I think it's, it's making this so tough is, is not being able to be with them.
0: Well, and you know, when you, when you have a team like yours and the culture that, that gets built, obviously it's upperclassmen heavy or it, that's, that's just kind of the nature of the business. So now you're looking at, seniors who may not be able to come back next year. I know the NCAA, I believe is voting today on on what to do with eligibility for spring and winter sports. And I don't want to put you in a position to to go viral or anything, but what should be considered when that decision is being made? You know, I was super surprised
1: that they came out um, across the board and let eligibility go across the board. Um, And I think from, for the average sports fan, I don't think we, and even myself, you know, I don't understand the division one scholarships but there's a lot of things that need to be considered. Um, how is that going to affect the incoming freshmen? How is that going to affect scholarships if we continue each year you're going to have another, an extra class of scholarships? You know, what does that look like? Certainly for an SEC school, you know, it's not going to affect an Alabama or an Auburn. But what is that going to do to a smaller school like Old Dominion? What is that going to do to a school in the MEAC like Norfolk State? That, what is going to do to those groups that are fundraising for their scholarships, now they got to fundraise for an additional year, you know, so that might affect kids a certain – there goes the dogs. That might affect uh, – We are live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not my kid, I, I promise. Uh, you know, it might affect people in different ways. Um, certainly the Division three aspect, um, are these student-athletes going to come back for a full year and pay full financial aid to come back and play a year um, of sports? And, you know, maybe some of them do, but it, uh, George Wares from Central College, you know, and, and I talked to him. I've talked to Patrick Murphy at Alabama you know, both of them said, you know, there's not a decision that's going to work for everybody. Um, so I would be surprised if the NCAA goes completely back on what they said, because I think that's going to ignite a, a huge issue. Um, there's been some conversation that there's support that potentially it could be just for seniors. Um, we're going to see how it goes. My personal opinion is that I think whatever we do, Um, that we at least give the players, give the kids that have lost this year, give them the opportunity to make the decision. Um, What opportunities that looks like, what the rules look like, and how it unfolds, it's not going to work for everybody like those other men have said. But at least we give them the opportunity to make the decision and they can take advantage of it or not.
0: So the games are canceled. We know that. But you still, your job is still to be the head coach of the Virginia Wesleyan softball program. But you're doing it remotely. You know, what what are we, the challenges? I'm sure we could probably go through and list them. But I want to hear from you like what are the challenges of running a program remotely and how do you keep your team together? How do you recruit? You know, how do you stay relevant? Because even even at the D3 level, there's competition for players. There's competition for just time and just being noticed. So, so what are you doing to make sure that you're running a program correctly from a remote position? Well, I think you, uh, from the recruiting standpoint, you've
1: got to stand out. You've got to be, you've got to be different. Um, you've got to be different in what other people are doing. And, and certainly for us, it's being a little goofy and having a presence on social media. Um, that's what the, the the young kids want, and, and opening that up. Um, you know, I'm not a big Facetime guy with recruiting. I'm a phone call guy. But we're starting to open up, like, hey, let's have some Facetime conversations with your family, because now we're actually in a situation where we've got mom and dad and everybody's home. Um, So I've got some calls at night uh, with some of our recruits um, in the future and and obviously maintaining the recruits that we have commitments from and trying to do some a little bit more interaction there. Um, As far as running our program, you know, I told our kids, I sent them a video, um, you know, emotional video to thank them for everything they've done this season. But what we've done is the challenge of, all right, are the three pillars of our program are tradition, excellence and humility. And so the challenge for our kids is how can we operate within those pillars of our program remotely? And so we've actually split into three groups. There's a tradition of excellence and humility group. Um, those groups are planning what that looks like for the rest of the semester. Under excellence, you could see um, our workouts Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's gonna be player led. They may go in small groups and, and work out together on FaceTime at home doing body weight stuff. We're not going to the gym, certainly, but um, that way they can hold each other accountable. Uh, accountable. Um, we have some kids that are checking in with some other kids on the academic piece that falls under excellence. Um, tradition. We have team dinners, we have team meetings, we have team prayer time. Sundays, we do a family prayer group uh, on Zoom and parents are welcome to it. It's, it's actually led by a player every, every week and that's been super powerful. Uh, team dinners, um, you know, we're doing you know, team dinner or lunch, maybe we do a Zoom meeting, just the outfielders, just the infielders, um, that can fall under our tradition. And the humility piece, um, you may have seen, we've, we've adopted a young lady through friends of Jacqueline who has terminal brain cancer, Mia, uh, her brother Brendan and her mother, Michelle. Um, and so making sure that we're still staying connected with them. We, we certainly don't can't visit them right now, but social media stuff, um, sending them videos, writing them letters, doing any of that stuff. Uh, working with my wife's class. Uh, she's a second grade teacher, and we have some pen pals there that we're doing and, and emailing our professors. So trying to be creative as much as we can. Um, and then from a leader's position, from my side of things, uh, Monday through Thursday from 9 to 10, I have individual FaceTime conversations uh, with, um, with players every day. So we're big about relationships. I'm huge in relationships with our kids. I wanna see the face. Um, some of the conversation is about what's going on at home. Um, some of it's academically. Some of it's just to check in, uh, have some face time with them, literally, um, and just trying to stay connected. Um, so we're doing the best we can. I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff on social media through our association and Q&As and trying to, trying to learn too. But um, on a personal side, like you, you know, also taking advantage of being home. Yeah. in March and April uh, you know I have an 8 year old son and you heard my dogs and yard of the month right now baby I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm working to that go. point where we're still well behind <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, in, in talking about that, as I mentioned, you're, you're actually a pretty entertaining Twitter follow at Elliot says what I'll say that again. But this is something that you've been doing. You're not doing this as a result of, of the coronavirus. Does that put somebody like you and your program in a better position, as opposed to somebody who that's just not a part of their, their style. And now they're kind of forced into that. Well, I think it depends
1: on the type of kids that you're going to attract too, right? So certainly me being goofy and doing things on social media might not work for some kids and that's fine. That's okay. Um, But, but I think it gives a presence, uh, you know, I'm pushing 40, so it gives a presence for me to feel like I'm 18 again. uh, But I think it gives a a presence for us uh, about, we we do have fun in our program uh, and, and, you know, anytime that you're attracting viewers and tweets and retweets and things like that. I mean, if it, if it's a good thing, it helps get your program out there a little bit and uh, and maybe finds us a kid or two that maybe is interested. So certainly uh, we're going to take advantage of that as best we can um, and try to put some out uh, on our on our team page as well.
0: So let's talk about the program. As I mentioned, a uh, very successful program over the last 12 years, uh, two national titles, seven conference championships. Uh, did, did you see – was this your plan? I mean, obviously everybody says, yes, we're gonna, we want to win national titles. But when you took over 12 years ago, did you see this level of success coming and being a, a consistent top level Division three program?
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I talked about Bob Groves, our leadership guy. He's been a big mentor in my life uh, for a long time. Uh, you know, pastored my church forever. And, and he always talks about, uh, when I speak to groups, he always talks about BHAGs. Uh, and he says, big, hairy, audacious goals. And he always tells me, you know, it's, it's like, what is your BHAG? You know, what, what does that look like? like? Give me your goals, your attainable goals. He's like, give me that crazy, stupid, big, hairy goal that nobody thinks. And when we took over the program, you know, it was part-time. You know, it was a $7,000 stipend, and I, was, I quit my teaching I saw job. that on Twitter.
0: I saw that on Twitter was, the other day. It was,
1: bon- it was bonkers. And, you know, we were newly married. I mean, and, and part of you was like, what the heck? Why did you do that? Um, and now you're like, well, now it makes sense. Um, but I think the BHAG back then was, you know, we, at that time, we wanted to get, you know, they had not been to a regional in 26 years. And it was like, we want to get to a regional. We want to compete nationally. And I was bullheaded and 26 and could do no wrong. And it was like, we're going to win the whole thing. Uh, I'm not even sure I believe that, but I said it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I said it in recruiting and did that kind of stuff. And then I think as you got through the processes and, you know, you got into the conference championship and then you came back the next year and you thought we were really, really good. And then you got a little bit higher nationally and then you got slapped around by some really good programs. And then we got a little bit to the regional and then we got slapped around again. And uh, eventually we got to a point where are like, hey, man, we're, we're pretty good. I think we can do that. Um, I think it was probably about 2013 when we really realized that at a national level we could really get after it. Um, you know, the dream and the goal was to win a national championship. I know how crazy um, that is and how difficult that is. And to do it twice was unbelievable. Um, and we've been super blessed. But, you know, I would say that was uh, that was our BHAG. Uh, how much I believed in it, I'd have to go back to that 26-year-old guy. And I'm probably sure I would like to strangle that
0: guy sometimes. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, ultimately the goal, you know, to to do that. And and now that's the goal every year. Um, You know, and Dave Macedo and our men's basketball team and then our women's soccer team that did it that next fall. You know, uh, our men's basketball team won it in 2006. And that let Virginia Wesleyan know, like, hey, man, like, we can do this. Uh, Women's soccer went to the Final Four uh, that fall in 2006 with Jeff Bowers leading that program. And um, I was able to be a a part of that and watch those teams. And and when I took over this program, it was like, we want to be like them. Um, and, uh, you know, those are two great mentors and
0: two programs we emulated at Virginia Wesleyan. Sorry, if you hear some banging, there's some construction going on. Ah, you're good, <laughs> man. <laughs> again, again, live though. <laughs> you, you mentioned a couple of the, of your, uh, your colleagues at Virginia Wesleyan. How much, I guess, information sharing is going on right now, because you all are navigating this together and you're, you know, while your responsibility is to the softball program, you're an ambassador for the university and you all want to make sure that everybody's going to be set up. In a great position once we can get back on the court and on the field. So, how much information sharing is going on between you and your colleagues? I think more of it's been uh, sending gifts
1: and uh, and memes uh, to make each other laugh. <laughs> That's fun too. <laughs> uh, we're we're, uh, we're an interesting group of coaches. Uh, a lot of uh, unusually, we have a uh, not a lot of Division three schools have a lot of uh, tenured coaches as we do. So. Um, but I will tell you that, I mean, it hasn't been a ton of information because I think we're all trying to see what this looks like, um, from afar and working from home. Um, we're interactive people as coaches are, so we don't text and call a lot. We're in person. Um, so it's been different and a lot of our coaches, almost all of our coaches have families of their own and, and multiple children and young children. And, um, I think everybody's trying to figure out what that looks like at home right now, uh, taking care of our teams. But, uh, 're we're, we're supposed to have some department meetings coming up, and I think you're gonna see some ideas bounce off each other. Uh, and, you know Coach Francis baseball coach is one of my best friends. so him and I are doing some, we're looking to do some facetime dates with our wives to do something. So uh, we're all we're all starting to itch, but the, the yard work for coaches has uh, finally been taken care of. So all of our families are excited
0: about that. <laughs> well you've, you've seen how, how you've seen how to do it right on the fields that you play, so you might as well carry that over to your personal life, right? Our grounds crew has
1: done a good job taking care of our field, so uh, now I'm taking care of the yard. i got to get in trouble. I can't put pictures out. They'll expect me to do what it at <laughs> work.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the baseball coach. You, you played baseball at Wesleyan, then you were an assistant coach, and then you made the transition to, uh, to the softball team. What went into that decision? Well, you know, Nick
1: Booth, a longtime coach at Virginia Wesleyan, um, you know, gave me the opportunity when I was done playing to, uh, to coach and be a part of that staff as a volunteer uh, and then I was working with, uh, I was talking, having some conversation with, uh, Gary Spedden is at Grassfield. He was at Ocean Lakes. He was my high school coach. Uh, and even St. Clair Jones, it's at Kellum who played at Wesleyan, um, about getting in, uh, getting into the high school ranks. I wanted to be a high school baseball coach. Um, and I was getting interviews and not getting jobs. I was, you know, I was 25 or 26 getting frustrated. Um, uh, but Nick gave me the opportunity, you know, to continue at the college level, um, but I just, I wanted to be a head coach eventually. And, and uh, the, the position at Wesleyan opened up. Um, they had a resignation with about eight games left in the season in 07. The athletic director at the time, Sonny Travis, said, hey, uh, can you come over and finish this thing up for two weeks? And sure. I mean, it was 15 bucks an hour, man. It was a lot of money. It was, it, was, uh, it was spring break during that time, and I was teaching. So I did it for, for two weeks, and I kind of fell in love with being around uh the group of kids and in the challenge of that and uh in that summertime the school came and said hey listen um what do you think we should do with this position and I said well I think you need to make it full-time and you need to hire a female and they said well you're not interested and I was like no 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 no, no male you need to hire a guy um but I mean that was my honest belief at that time so you know they uh they offered me the job uh full-time I think it was a 7,700 stipend at 10 bucks an hour and what do you think? And so I came home and my wife and I talked about it and prayed about it and decided to quit my t- quit my job teaching elementary school. Um, Landworks Unlimited in Chesapeake and Jeff Miller and their family hired me to 10 bucks an hour to to be a landscaper from 630 to 230 and then I'd drive to practice and eventually Virginia Wesleyan was able to make it full-time and it's turned into uh, with other duties. Now Dr. Miller's made it a job where I just get to coach softball and um, it's, it's, uh, it's been a blessing but it's been a long journey, uh, yeah. a long journey, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of people on the way that have that have helped,
0: help me and the, and the women in our program for sure. Well, now you can take that landscaping experience and apply it to your yard. No doubt, I'm mad I actually sent Jeff a message,
1: and I said, "Hey, man, I'm sick of moving uh, river rock." I was like, "But uh, I've repaired some irrigation and a mulch." And I'm like, "This is awful. <laughs> Why would anybody do this for a living?" <laughs>
0: Uh, We we only got a few more questions for you. We'll get you out of here. I know that time is precious and everything, but when you look at this situation and at the end of it, we've been presented with a lemon, probably a big basket of lemons. How are you going to make lemonade out of this situation?
1: You know, uh, my parents always talk about knowing their neighbors and getting around and doing that kind of stuff. And I, and I, I don't think we as a society, we do a good job of that. You know, we go to work, we come home, we do social media, we stay with our families, everything's right there. And Um, You know, I'm fortunate to live in a phenomenal neighborhood and um, with a lot of really close uh, neighbors and, you know, like last night, I mean, we did a social hour, uh, everybody on their driveway Um, and, you know, there's eight families out there and we're all, you know, 30, 40 feet apart, but we had more conversation last year than we did. My wife and I are FaceTiming somebody different every day, um, a a family or a friend and um, writing letters and uh, seeing people care for each other and you know, maybe this is a thing. I'm, I'm a I'm a Christian man. I'm a God fearing man. And maybe this is a way that uh, the big dog upstairs is telling us to slow down. Um, you know, I've spent more time at home in the last two and a half, three weeks with my family than I ever have in the month of March and April. And um, We just keep saying, let's make this a memorable situation for our son when he thinks, hey, when he's 40 and he's like, oh, coronavirus. I got to hang out with my dad and we did chalk walk and, you know, we made a planter box and we planted vegetables or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's the challenge there. And we're certainly concerned about finances. We're concerned about the economy. We're concerned about people's health uh, and it's scary, um, but it goes back to our program without love. You know, if we can find ways just to love on people and you're seeing that, you know, what, what, what you guys are seeing with, with Wavy 10 and your wife and what they're doing out there and what these schools are doing and teachers and, and our healthcare workers. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, we're finding ways that, that, it, to to remember how much we actually care about human beings. Um, And I think that that's, that's really, I think at the end of it, we'll be able to take in in an unfortunately
0: a situation like this is making us appreciate our health um, because it's a scary time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we've seen it in the past, you know, at big, big tragic situations are typically when people come closest together. And now it's how do you maintain that the further you get away from that. Um, And and hopefully that this, uh, these next three months you know, with the kids at home, particularly here in Virginia, since schools are closed, hopefully that family time does kind of teach everybody a little something. Um, you know, that, that's a hope, and hopefully it's something we can do. Uh, outside of your own sports, your own team, is there a sporting event that you are just gutted that you cannot see now? Well, I'm, I'm a big baseball
1: guy. MLB TV certainly took my yearly <laughs> membership out of my credit card statement the other day. Uh, you might want to uh, ask this- for that back. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I' am going to we're going to have some sort of credit here. Um, you know certainly uh, you know, I, I miss that miss that opportunity to watch baseball um, you know on my phone and, and on the road and things like that. Uh, you know baseball's been a big part of my life. you know everybody misses March Madness right now. yeah um, you know, i'm a I'm a big uh, UVA fan and and uh, you know, it's been difficult to watch and um, you know, I'll be selfish. You took it away from me. But the Women's World Series, uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch that or people don't, I mean, it's just phenomenal what those women do on TV. And, um, but, you know, we tell our athletes all the time, going back to your former question, that, you know, what's one thing we take out of it? We tell everybody in our whole career, and I know you were an athlete, is, you know, play every game like it's your last. Practice like it's your last. Well, we have now a, a sector of people that are able to say, like, you have to take it like it's your last because I actually had it taken away from me. Um, and so maybe that's a lesson to, to appreciate some things too.
0: That's a great approach. I mean, you, you have to take, you can't change what's going on. So you have to figure out how can you make it better for the next people coming up? Uh, one final question, and this is probably the hardest question you will ever face, but being in the dugout, being around baseball, obviously a lot of hot dogs get eaten. (laughs) Is a hot dog, a sandwich. That's, that's the question that's on everybody's mind these days. No. No, exactly. Thank you.
1: No,
0: but if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Well, according to Harry (laughs) Carey, yes. (laughs) Well, Will Ferrell is Harry Carey. (laughs) Oh, man. Brandon, I'm glad we were able to get some laughs in. Uh, Good to learn about the program. Hopefully more people will learn about the program through this video. Again, this will be up on our Facebook page. Uh, We appreciate the people that did tune in to watch. I think we got up to about 15, 20 at one point. Apparently my questions were good enough because nobody wanted to ask (laughs) them. Hey, that's fifteen more than I thought. So. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, I'd like to thank I'd like to thank Brandon uh, from Virginia Wesleyan softball. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, and wish you guys the best in the future.
1: Yeah, I hope you and your family stay healthy as well, man. Thanks, Absolutely. Will.
0: You can follow Brandon at Elliot Says What on Twitter. You can follow the softball program at VWU Softball. Uh, Continued thanks go out to all of our partners at the Hall of Fame, Priority Automotive, City of Virginia Beach, Optimal Healthy, ESPN Radio. If you like what you saw, follow all of our uh, social media handles Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at VA Sports HOF. I am Will Driscoll from the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. I hope everyone has a great day. Please stay safe and stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon.